Welcome to Crosspoint Community Church. We are here to help each other worship, live, and rescue like Jesus. For more info on who we are, go to cpmodesto.org. While you are there, you can learn more about who we are as a church, see the time and locations of our weekend gatherings, and see the different reoccurring ministries that happen on a weekly basis. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you feel inspired and moved by what God is doing here at Crosspoint. To give you a little heads up, uh, next week uh, we continue our series uh, called Let's Talk. And uh, next week uh, we're starting um, a few weeks looking at uh, something that is just universally dealt with and struggled with and felt um, as we were talking about the different things that we wanted to uh, kind of touch on. Um, one of the things that keeps coming up in our culture and is just vastly impacts uh, families and everyone around us is this issue of anxiety and depression. And so we're actually going to spend the next three weeks, starting next week, um, talking about really what we see the Bible saying about anxiety and that, and, and, and recognizing how we're created and how we're designed and how we struggle. And, and hopefully, um, for, for those of us who struggle with anxiety, for those of us who are caring for people who struggle with anxiety, um, who are in our circles, that, that, that maybe we'll be able to take a few steps forward in understanding God's design and uh, sin's impact and the reality of, of, of what we can do um, to kind of take some, some greater victory and some steps towards being people who um, are less chained to those kinds of things. And so um, I would encourage you uh, to be praying through that. And, and also, because uh, it's just such a universally felt thing and that I don't know of a person or family who hasn't had some kind of uh, connection with anxiety, that uh, it's a great opportunity to maybe invite somebody in your circle who's not connected in a church um, who maybe struggles or um, has, is in a scenario where they're caring for someone and trying to think through that. And, and, and I think this will maybe be helpful and give some things that they hadn't thought about and uh, hopefully be beneficial to them. So I would encourage you, if you have someone like that in your life, um, to invite them uh, next week as we gather. So um, <clears throat> this morning is our uh, Commitment Sunday, and if you've been here for a while, then that makes sense to you. If you haven't been here for a while, you're not really sure what that is, but uh, you know, this morning, um, we're going to take some time to, to think about an area of our lives that, um, that, that we want to make sure that we're reminded and, and we're surrendered to Jesus with. Um, the reality is that God wants our whole lives. As we, as we um, seek God for forgiveness and as, as, he, as he gives us salvation through Jesus Christ because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross and rose from the grave, and, 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 and as, as, as God looks at our lives and as, as we look at him, it, it, we're called to basically surrender our whole lives to him. God's desire for us is that we would become like Jesus. Um, God's desire, his, his plan, his, his, his work in our lives is so that we would be better imagers of Jesus, which is such an incredible thing to think about. And I know we talk about this at Crosspoint a lot, becoming like Jesus and being better imagers of Jesus. But, but if, if you just stop for a second and actually think about what that means, it is such a huge thing. That, that God's design for us and his desire for you and I is that when somebody interacts with you as you pursue Jesus, that after their interaction with you, that they would walk away saying, 
I think I understand a little bit better what God is like. Like, think about that for a second. That is a huge thing that God would call us to partner with him and entrust us and transform us in a way that he would reveal himself through us. Like, that's a pretty incredible thing. It's not us becoming God at all, but it is God transforming and shaping us so that we image him more accurately in, 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 in our reflection that people see him in our lives. And, and, and so that after encounters with us as, as believers, as people who follow Jesus, that, that, that the intended response from people is, I think I can see God more clearly. That's an incredible thing. And one way that we, we work in surrendering our lives to God is through how we give to God's work through the local church. Um, God talks about this throughout the Bible in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And, uh, and, 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 and so as a Jesus follower, there, there's a reality that we're called to be generous. We're called to give. We're called to recognize God's giving of all that we have by giving something back. And, 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 and so here at Crosspoint, the way we kind of walk into that was we set uh, one, time, one, one Sunday aside a year and, and we lead up to that in, in really focusing on that piece of our lives to surrender to Jesus Christ. And so what we've asked over the last number of weeks, and, and we've done this through different, different ways in the last couple weeks in preaching and thinking a couple weeks ago, talking about that, that balance that Jesus brings us to of freedom and sacrifice and that how God uses money in our lives to help shake, shape us and make us more like Jesus. And last week we heard testimonies from people being baptized about God's work in their life, but even more so, we got to tell stories about how God is using your obedience and what you've given, what you've surrendered, and, and how you've sacrificed to impact not just our community, but the whole world around us. And so we got to hear those stories of life change and, and how God is working. And, and, and so, so we, we ask every year to, to prayerfully consider what God lays on your heart and how you can uh, financially partner with Crosspoint and what God is doing. And we do it in this way so that we can be responsible with what we expect God to give us, the resources that God gives us, because we want to be accountable to God and we want to make sure that what we do as a church is going to have the greatest impact in God's kingdom. And that has everything to do with you and I becoming more like Jesus, being challenged to grow and transform in our lives and to invest in ministries all from, from here in the church to in the community to all over the world to, to, to bring God's kingdom closer. And so if you're visiting with us this morning, this might feel a little bit weird because I know in our culture and our society, we, we, we don't really talk about money and that's none of anybody else's business. And, and so that's okay. I would encourage you this morning, if you're passing through, if you're new here, I would encourage you to take this time to reflect on what God has done in your life and how you think in your context you can respond to him with thankfulness and gratitude because that's really what today is about. It's about seeing what God has done and responding and surrender and thanksgiving and gratitude for what he's done and responding in, a, in, a, in obedience to that. And so if you have your Bibles, I should turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. <clears throat> you know how sometimes you write something down and you write it down wrong? 
Um, I did that this morning, and in the first service, I, I directed people to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and I started reading in 2 Corinthians, and I like read the whole thing, and like no one was paying attention because everyone was trying to figure out where we were until finally someone yelled out that I was wrong and, and that I needed to correct that and that, that it was 2 Corinthians rather than 1 Corinthians, which I'm not going to make that mistake this time. Um, you know, I'm not going to do it again. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, this is a passage where the Apostle Paul talks about really it, it, the, 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 the underlying theme is God's generosity and God's ownership and his giving of all things in the context of, of really how, how we are called to surrender and live out our finances being followers of Jesus. I'm going to read verses 6 through 15, um, but I'm really only going to zero in on verses 11 and 12. But I'm going to read to get the context of the passage. So starting in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, Paul writes, The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So he starts out talking a little bit from uh, an example of the field and harvest, that if you throw a few seeds out, then there will be a little bit of growth. If you throw a lot of seed out, there will more likely be a lot of growth. We do this with our lawn every year because there are so many dead areas of my lawn. And if we throw a little bit of seed, there's little hope. But if we throw a lot of seed, there's a lot more hope. And so he begins there, and then he says in verse 7, he says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he is distributed freely. He's given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies this seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will pro produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of the service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. So Paul talks a little bit about this idea of, of generosity and, and overflowing generosity. And, and if, if you caught in that, he talks about God as being the source of all things. God, the source of all of, of our plenty, of all that we have, all of our resources. And, and in 11 and 12, he says a couple things that I want to zero in on that, that I think is helpful as we think about what God intends to happen through our obedience and giving and our generosity. Look at verse 11. He says, you will be enriched in every way. Why? To be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. He talks about this idea of generosity that produces thanksgiving to God. Here's, here's the thing about human nature. As human beings, our base motivation for doing things that we do, really all things, is to on some level increase 
our perceived value of ourselves and the value that other people perceive us with. Now, some people do it in a way that, that, that is overtly about them. Some people do it in a way that, that isn't, doesn't necessarily put them front and center. But the reality is that the things we do, we do, and it draws focus, whether on us as people or on the value that we have to offer. When you think about it in, in, in your job at work, you do things at work to get paid, but you also do things at work that, that, that will maybe make other people take notice of how good of a job you're doing. In, in relationships, we do the same thing. We do things to draw attention on our value to that relationship. And so, so, often, so even, even in, in generosity, what generosity does in, in a human sense and in, in according to our human nature is when we're generous, it draws attention to who was being generous. But here's what Paul says. He says that our generosity as Jesus followers doesn't necessarily, that the goal of that isn't to reflect the attention back to me it actually is supposed to direct attention to God and that people give, th that it results in thanksgiving to God. See, with this theme as God is the ultimate provider, the cycle is this, that we have gratitude for what God has done for us. And in the last verse in that passage I read, it says, and thanks be to God for his unexplainable gift. His gift that we really can't even hardly Describe how incredibly valuable or great that is. His gift of Jesus Christ paying for our sins and dying on the cross and raising from the dead so that we can have life for eternity with Jesus. And so he says, thanks be to God for that. And so, so really the cycle is that we are grateful and thankful to God for what he's done for us and what, how he has given to us. And then we are generous and give to others and, and as Jesus followers, that draws attention back to God. And that people don't just thank you for what you've done or how great you are or how generous you are. It, it draws attention and brings focus to God. And so he says there's this difference that's, that comes when we give our lives to Christ that changes the nature, the motivation for human generosity. Instead of for me to be recognized, it turns into for God to be recognized. And so, and so he goes on in verse, in verse 12. He says, for the ministry of this service of giving and generosity is not only supplying the needs of all the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. When you think about giving to something or when you think about investing in something, you, you think about it that it's, it's meeting certain functional needs. And Paul recognizes that, and he calls it this ministry of service, the service of giving. The ministry of giving is what he's talking about. And it's interesting, because when he calls it a service, there'd be two things that, that the, 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 the recipient of this letter would, would think of in their minds, because there was this idea of service in first century Rome that was, that was very easily understood, and there was two parts to it. One part was kind of the public understanding of service in giving. And, and what that was was that people who had wealth would contribute for a specific cause to the city-state. And so there'd be these different 
uh, maybe things that, that, gave, that, 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 that added to the common good, that, that people who had means were able to, to donate, to give a portion of their wealth for that common good. And in re- return, the city-state would recognize them in different ways. So, so all over that, that time, you would have inscriptions of, of this person who gave. And, and we see this sometimes today when somebody gives a whole bunch to, to whether it's, it's uh, like public television or uh, to build a building, you see a plaque and you've got like bricks and all that. Well, that was very common back in that day in Rome where, where people would be recognition. So their inscription would be made or they would receive some kind of re- public re- recognition. Maybe verbal recognition, they would have something and they would be recognized for what they gave. And so, so people would hear Paul saying, your service, the, the ministry of this service of giving, they would think about this idea of people who chose to benefit the community with their gifts. But then the other thing that they would think is in this more the religious side of things and priestly ceremonies, because especially those of the Jewish faith and those who had connection to, 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 to that piece of it would think back to, to the, 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 priestly, uh, the priestly ceremonies that the priests did in the temple and in the synagogues and, and, the, and in the temple in particular in the Old Testament where they would bring these offerings and people would bring their offerings to God. And then what would happen is the, the priest would go and, and, and submit those offerings to God. In fact, in Numbers chapter 8, verse 22, it says, And the Levites purified themselves from sins and washed their clothes. And Aaron offered them a wave offering before the Lord, and Aaron made atonement for them to cleanse them. And after the Levites, that, the Levites went in to do their service, this service of giving, into the tent of meeting before Aaron and his sons, as the Lord had commanded Moses concerning the Levites, so they did, so they did to them. And so from long ago, they were doing this, and it was this idea of, of giving, of, of, of service, of generosity. And then in Philippians 2, Paul talks about himself. He says, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or, in labor, or, vain or labor in vain, even if I'm to be poured out as a drink offering, this idea of, of, of sacrifice, of giving, of, of, of giving his whole life upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you all. And so, so there's this religious idea of this service of giving. And so what Paul does here in, in verse 12, he, again, he says this. He says, for the, this ministry of service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgiving to God, that it is toward God himself, not just to make the world a better place, but it is, a, it is an offering to God. And so Paul connects these two meanings, this benevolence for the common good and a spiritual offering to God himself. But it's not to be recognized. It's to draw attention to God rather than attention to me. See, there's this twofold purpose of giving. There's the material side, which is the physical building of God's kingdom, meeting both people's needs and growing them into becoming better imagers of Jesus. And then there's the spiritual side, which is a service to God because of the thanksgiving that will redound to God's glory. Redound is our word of the day. Because you thought I misspoke, because I often misspeak, and I often make up words. Tanya Conway has a list of words I've made up. But that's okay. Um, Redound is a word, and it's your word of the day. Redound means contribute greatly to a person's credit or honor. So really what I'm saying there is, is is that this is 
the, the, the part of this giving is, is service to God because of the thanksgiving that will contribute greatly to God's credit or honor and that people will respond with thanksgiving. And they'll think more of God because of what they experience through you. See, that's becoming better imagers of God, more accurate imagers of God. You know, here's something that's really interesting. When I think of, of spiritual disciplines, I think of reading my Bible and I think of prayer and I think of fasting and I think of those things and then I think of giving. It's interesting because when we think of the spiritual dif- disciplines, the, 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 the vast majority of spiritual disciplines start with me and they impact me before they impact anyone else. They are primarily focused on my transformation. But again, as I read scripture and become more impacted by scripture, as my prayer life deepens, I, I, I receive a, better, a deeper connection with Jesus. And as, as I participate in fasting, that's something that, that reminds me of God's provision and my reliance on God. But it all starts with me. Now, as, those, as, as, as scripture and prayer and fasting grows, then other people will experience the good fruit of that, won't they? But that's not an immediate thing. In giving, it's interesting, more than any other spiritual discipline, there is an immediate one-to-one benefit. Because when I give out of a response of what Jesus has done for me, not only does that help shape and transform me because of my surrender and God's work with, with me giving and trusting what God's gonna do, it immediately impacts whoever the receiver is, doesn't it? It is an immediate one-for-one impact. Giving is really the only spiritual discipline that has an immediate one-for-one impact. It is, it is an incredible tool that God uses not only to transform me, but to, in that immediate moment, transform the other person or the people who are being impacted by my choice to be generous in obedience to God. And it's interesting because there is a common human response to generosity. Think for a second to a moment where you've been generous with someone. And, and, and think about this in the context of someone who's not a person of faith, not a person who expresses faith or is, or is characterized by faith or, or loving Jesus or even righteousness or any of that. In fact, think of it in a context of a person who almost is maybe even at best nonchalant toward faith or at worst against faith. But if they experience generosity, what is typically the thing that they respond with when they have received generosity? God bless you. Isn't that interesting? I don't know if you've experienced that, but, 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 but when I've been generous with somebody, and it almost doesn't matter who they are, it can be someone who expresses faith or doesn't express faith. The common response is, God bless. It's funny, I, I've, I've been in a context where I've been generous with somebody, and they've been, hey, God bless, and then they turn, and I hear them exploding obscenities everywhere. <laughs> Isn't that weird that that is something that is just part of our wiring? There is a deeply seated human recognition whether we want to admit it or not, that God is the giver of all things. 
And that may just be lip service from someone because they think it's polite or kind or whatever it is, but there's something more there. Because when we, as Jesus followers, are generous, obedient to God and his economy of giving, then there's a reality that it draws attention and focus to God. And, and I think that's just such a cool thing to think about. You see, what God is calling us to do is to sustain the work of transformation. And God is transforming two things. He's transforming me. That is his commitment. His commitment is to transform you personally to better reflect Jesus and transform the world around you. That's what God wants to do. And, and so he transforms the world in how we serve the world. And one of the ways that the world recognizes and can't dismiss is generosity. God transforms us as individuals by challenging us to grow and become more like Jesus. And these things together bring God's kingdom in clearer and clearer view for both the church and for those outside the church. And so that's why it's important for us to take time and set time aside to, to really challenge one another and think about how am I being intentional in how I am participating with God and obeying God in giving and generosity. And so as I said earlier, this morning is our Sunday, uh, Commitment Sunday, where we, uh, in, in the weeks leading up, we've, we've been asking uh, you to prayerfully consider what God might lay on your heart to commit to him over the next year. And so um, I'm gonna invite the worship team to come up and I'm gonna invite the uh, ushers to go and um, get the offering plates. And I wanna explain what we're doing this morning. Um, there's kind of three parts to what we're doing next. And one is, is an opportunity for you to kind of sit where you are and just reflect in, in quiet reflection and prayer, maybe praying with your spouse or family next to you, um, but some time to just as individuals and, and, and small and maybe couples or families to just reflect and think about what God has done in your life and how God has worked in you to take some reflection. And after we spend a, a few minutes in reflection, then I'm gonna come back up and I'm gonna invite the ushers to come forward and they're gonna pass the plates just like we did to, 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 to give the offering. But um, if you brought your commitment cards and if you'd like to give that way, you can place your commitment card in the plate. But if you would prefer to wait a little bit more because we'll spend some time doing that in, in worship and reflection, um, but, but we will then, Travis will actually dismiss everyone, but if you would like to come up as a family or a couple um, to the kneelers on either side of, of the stage, um, we're gonna give uh, ample time for you to do that as well. So whatever God is moving you to do, if, if it's to place your commitment card in the plate or if it's to come up uh, a little bit later and come up to the kneelers and spend some time in, in prayer with, with a spouse or your family, um, you are welcome to do that as well. But, but you'll be directed there. So, and, and, and as we do dismiss at the end, we'll, we'll be asking to, to exit in a worshipful manner um, to, to allow those who are coming forward to kneel and to pray and offer their commitments that way um, a, a time to focus. So um, right now, I'm gonna pray for us and, and uh, we're gonna spend a few minutes in reflection. Jesus, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for 
God, the way that you shape us. And God, the way you shape others through us. Father, I pray that it would be true of me in my life that what I do causes people to walk away from me with a better understanding of who you are. God, I pray that that'll be true in the way I speak with people. I pray that that'll be true in the way I treat people. And I pray that that, that will be true in, in how I use what you've blessed me with. God, that people will walk away from us as, as individuals and as a church saying, I have a better picture of God rather than walking away saying, I, I, I could stand to not see that person again. Father, I pray that we would take the weight of, of, of your mission, of the service that you've called us to in our lives seriously. And God, this morning as we have prepared and prayed, God, I pray that you would bless what we commit to you. And that God, you will further bless us so that we can continue to be even more generous and participate in your work. In Jesus' name.